I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello and welcome to the Browns Blitz. Today is Wednesday, April 19th. This is episode number 194. I'm your host, Rod Bloom. Joining me today is my brother, Jeff. Hey, Jeff, how are things going? Well, I'm good, Rod. Closing in on the draft. Getting exciting. It's getting close. Yeah, all, getting all set for uh, for day two. <laughs> right. <laughs> day two and maybe, maybe day three. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no doubt. Um, yeah. yeah, always an exciting time of year, so... Um, we are we are going to we're going to be talking to Emory Hunt today, and before we before we get into that, um, I'm just going to real quick talk about beer I'm drinking, Jeff. Okay. Um, you know we're we're not gonna we're not gonna go crazy and talk a long time today, but um, I figured that um, yeah. Jeff, I kind of have a problem because I went to I went to the store again, and um, <laughs> the fridge is filling up. It's filling up. I um, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, some some people some people know about Jungle Gems down in Cincinnati, uh-huh. and I went there and they had so much so much beer on sale that I couldn't help myself. Well, you can't you know? pass up a good sale. No, and when they're selling um, sixes. And and twelve packs for for three dollars and six dollars of, yeah. of decent beer. It'd be um, foolish not to stock up. Yeah, I stocked up. I spent about thirty dollars on beer, and I've got enough. <laughs> I, I I have about I have about fifty cans of beer I couldn't fit in the fridge. So that's where I'm at. So anyway, so okay. Um, that's yeah. Hey, we all have our our crosses to bear. <laughs> Well, it's it's staying chilled in the basement. You know, it'll be there. So, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not going to go on any binges or anything. But, you know, when I have a chance to drink one, I'm going to drink one. So, right. so uh, today I'm drinking a Golden Road Golden State Cerveza brewed mm-hmm. in California. And this is brewed, you know, in the Mexican style. So it's um it's got that... Uh, it's got that um, flavor where, um, you know, you kind of expect some saltiness in it and everything, but it's, mm-hmm. it's very light on the salt, which I kind of like. So mm-hmm. um, I think this is this is very well done. So um, I don't know that you're going to find it everywhere around here, but um, but yeah, yeah, it sounds a lot uh, unusual. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, if you guys see it, give it a try, especially it's a good summer beer. These have served these Mexican beers. Um, they're yeah. nice and light. Give you a little salt. Um, help with the help with the hydration, probably. Right? Maybe. Right. I don't know. Right. <laughs> In well, the summertime. Mexico being a hot climate makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, um, cool. Before we go any further, we are we are going to uh, we're going to 
go to our interview with Emery Hunt. And we're going to bring in the czar of the playbook. You can follow him at F Ball Game Plan and find his work at CBS Sports HQ. Emery Hunt. Emery, how are you? I'm doing fine, man. I appreciate you guys bringing me on the show. Absolutely. Did did I get all that right? Has anything changed since we talked to you last year? <laughs> no, nah, I'm still the same on me, man. Still out there doing uh, what I need to do to pump out this football info. Yeah, and yeah, pump out football info is certainly what you do, my friend. Um, yeah, let's, uh, before I get into any questions with you, we got to talk about the draft guide because it's it's incredible. I um, Obviously, I think you're still doing pre-orders right now, right? No, it's out. It, uh, is it out? Oh, okay. But when people order, make sure they check their spam folder and because, uh, you know, people have been saying, oh, I haven't received it, but then they check their spam folder and it's in there. Okay, so um, best place to to order that is um, or to, it's pretty people buy it and then they just get it in the email. Right. So it's um, it is to go to fo- uh, football game dot com. Is that the easiest spot? Slash twenty twenty three draft guide. Okay, and I was here's my first question because you rate so many players. You see more players than I'm sure than anybody, um, and rate more players. Do you do you keep track from year to year to see if there's anybody drafted who's not in your draft guide? Yeah, you, you kind of do that when and it it'll happen every draft class. And the reason why it's happened. You know, I want to say a little bit more. I've seen a little bit sprinkled out more the last couple of classes because of COVID. Um, so when I start grading and I'm in a zone and I'm done with certain grades and sometimes when you, you know, hit ready to go, you you, you know, you hit save and, and you move on. You know, you have you find out some guy is now in he's in the class you, when you thought he was going to go back and take advantage of the extra year or you grade someone and you find out that they've taken an extra year, so they're not in this class. So you're like, well, I, I mean, I can't. I'm at the point where I can't take them out now because uh, it's already done. So before I really wrap up, let's say this year it was um, April 1st. I was done in the morning. I want to say like 5:30 a.m. I was done with the guide, and before I hit send, you know, and or you know, uh, print or whatever, it was like, okay, let me look, double check, make sure there was like. 12 guys that I had already earmarked throughout the whole process that I have to go back and grade. Um, so I knocked out those 12 reports and got those guys in. But already when you see the pro day circuit, you're like, oh, I didn't know this dude was in this class. I would have obviously I would have graded him. So it's, it'll happen because even though you grade over a thousand, there's going to be a, a bunch of guys that's going to be outside that. So, you know, and when they sign, it's like, man, it's, I would have had that guy in had I known he was a senior senior, you know. Yeah, I wasn't even thinking of that. I'm just thinking of all the guys you grade and, you know, and maybe there's, I mean, a thousand players is so many that there have to be a few guys that you just don't, just don't get to. But yeah, figuring out who's actually in the class, that's got, that's got to be a challenge. Because usually I go off my, I, I start with everyone that's in the all-star games. So that's why Mm -hmm. I get to all eight all-star games. So now that's my base. So that's a lot of players right there in and of itself. Uh, you fig- figure eight all-star games, 120 players, you know, that's a that's a bulk right there. And then you think about the underclassmen and then you think about guys that didn't go into all-star games that that are seniors that are 
you know, that that have gone to the combine. You grade those guys. You grade every combine guy. So there's a lot you work with. Um, but I wish there – I can't wait till we get back to, okay, these guys are seniors. They're done. They're in the class. And that would make it a <laughs> lot easier. Yeah, simplify things a little bit for you. Yeah. So I, I'm going to give you some questions here. That That's – um. That's what we try to do. So um, uh, first one is, has the COVID effect passed or is this draft class still affected by it? Still affected by it, man. Well, everyone thought that was going to be a, a pass for the seniors of the class of 2020. Ended up being for the entire uh, football team. So anybody that played ball in 2020, freshman or senior, had the benefit of an extra year. So we're now seeing guys that were freshmen in, uh, or maybe a richer freshman in 2019 or freshman in 2019, you know, got 2020 free or people that started in 2020 that year didn't count. So now 2021 was essentially their freshman season. So anyone that was playing college ball in, in 2020 got that uh, COVID year. So we probably won't see uh, the COVID year in until 25. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Jeff's been talking a lot about this cornerback class. Is is this the most talented cornerback class we've ever seen? You know, it, it's for me because I grade so many players. I always think every year there's talent. Um, but when you think about the uniqueness of, usually you'll see maybe five guys at the top. I see this more as a day two on type class as opposed to day one, day two, day three, day four, you know, day three, and then the undrafted guys. So I see more, I see a few guys that are like, okay, yeah, these are, this is a stud right here. This is a first round, no question, right? Um, mm-hmm. There are probably about four or five guys I, I view in that light, um, or maybe three to four, and then everyone else, oh, second round all day, second round all day, then, you know, third round, yes, and, and on and on and on. So I, I feel like to answer this question more succinctly, um, still, it's a deep class, but the top is not as you know deep as it usually as you would think um, that you would see from corners, considering what they do in the passing game now. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. So just just yeah, just a ton of depth. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, um, the, the last two wide receiver drafts have been have been very deep. Will, will this year come close at wide receiver? Again, I feel like it's just like the cornerback class, and this is by nature of the the passing game that we see in college. You're seeing more three, four, five wide receiver sets, so you're seeing more nickel and dime defenses. So you're going to get a lot of receiver prospects. You're going to get a lot of defensive back prospects. Um, and I feel like with this class, it's just like the cornerback class. And since there's, there's a couple of guys I would look at first round, it's like no brainers: Jackson Smith and Jigba. Uh, Zay Flowers, you know, uh, would be two guys that I was like, yo, yeah, no brainer whatsoever. Uh, but everyone else kind of falls in line on that. Hey, maybe this is a second round guy all day. Like you could find, I could name 32 receivers that I would take in, in the second round, right? right. Uh, first round. So it's kind of like, all right, we're talking about elite of the elite. I feel like there's not as many as we're usually seeing it, but it doesn't mean that this is not a deep and talented class. Yeah. Okay. Well, 
Now, now I've got some questions that are that where we tried to be a little Brown centric, being that they're not picking until the third round, and we realized that um, <laughs> this draft could go any direction. So, so bear with me. <laughs> um, who is more likely to be a star in the NFL, Andre Carter II or Zach Harrison? Mm. Probably Andre Carter II because of the upside potential. Um, you're dealing with someone coming out of the military academy, so the regiment is different there. And so his, he he still has room to grow into his body and grow into mm-hmm. his football skill um, because of what he was doing. And then you think about the technical skill he has, to be honest, when you're looking at someone that played against a triple option uh, every day, it's hard every day at practice, he has good hand-eye coordination, good hand-eye usage, um, and, and we know he's an athlete. So when you think about that in, in terms of, oh, we can get him the, the NFL strength and conditioning, nutrition, we can, you know, he doesn't have to worry about the regimented Army daily schedule. I think he has room to shoot up uh, as a pro, more so than Harrison. Okay, okay. Uh, again, with with the Browns um, picking third round on and maybe thinking about a quarterback prospect, you know, to maybe be uh, the backup quarterback of the future if they decide to go that way. Which quarterback prospect most closely matches the skill set play style of Deshaun Watson? It's funny because their depth chart is pretty solid. If you ask me, um, you know, when they were able to make the move to get Mond and we saw Josh Dobbs do a solid job, admirable job oh, in yeah. a chaotic yeah. situation last year. Um so, but if you're going to go day three, how about someone that you can, you know, grow and, and develop and groom? I like Malik Cunningham out of Louisville because he is someone that has played a lot of ball, still has room to grow his game, gives you that athleticism component where, you know, you, you become a run threat as well. Has was a better deep ball passer than giving credit for at Louisville, but he is someone that I feel like will be there for the Browns uh in 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 day on day three that they can take and develop and you know groom him let him compete with mond and and go from there okay what what running back prospects have the highest ceiling as a third down back oh that's a great question i would probably say um deuce vaughn because he if you draw up what someone wants a third down back to look like it probably would be him um, but he plays so much like Darren Sproles. He is so elusive, mm. so quick, so dynamic. It is hard to to really get a good gauge on, you know, how defenders were able to to compete against someone like that. And the reason why he reminds me so much of Darren Sproles, outside of him being short, playing at Kansas State, and being highly successful, was the fact that he's so versatile too. You know, he he can catch the ball, you know, at any level of the field. He has a, the game breaking element to his game. Um, that you want to see, and it's super elusive. And so he can affect the game as a kickoff returner, as a runner, and also as a receiver. Nice, nice. Uh, Browns have some need at safety, so th- the question is, who's your sleeper at safety? I guess I guess if the Browns didn't, you know, didn't go safety early on in the draft, which is third or fourth round for them, um, you know, maybe a little bit deeper than that. I'm a big Alex Cook guy. I feel like Alex Cook, out of Washington is a really good player, very versatile, uh, fluid athleticism, does a great job in his back pedal. He can get over the slot and cover. Uh, also like Xavier Bell out of Portland State, you know, 
if you go watch his game against Washington, he held his own and they moved him around that formation. He played in the slot. He can play your split safety look as a traditional strong safety. He can get down the alley and make plays at the line of scrimmage. He can blitz. Uh, he can cover one-on-one out on the perimeter. He's a versatile dual threat uh, defensive back, and he's one of my favorite combo safeties in the draft. And I know it depends how the draft goes. How, where do you see these, where do you see those guys being available? Day three, you know, it's, you know, it's, okay. yeah, cause it's all, it's so weird. You know, when you think about how to draft it, I miss it being two days. So you can say day two um, mm-hmm. it covers everything, you know, but day three, fourth round through four through seven round, they should be available. Okay. Excellent. Um, Jack Campbell is, is his skill set still relevant in the NFL today? It better be. Um, you know, <laughs> if people are taking him high, they expect him to, to play that way. Um, I like him. I like him a little bit more so than Van Van Ness. You know, I feel like Campbell's hand usage is a little bit better, even though Van Ness is obviously playing up front along the line of scrimmage. But I feel like Campbell um, is someone. Uh, yeah, he still has he still has room to to be. Uh, successful. I mean, if Leighton Vander Esch is is you know still able to hold down a starting job, so can Campbell. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we're, we're going to ask you to play GM, which which you do quite often. Um, who who are you? Who are you taking? If I give you two guys here at 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 uh, a given position at wide receiver, Jonathan Mingo or Dontavian Wicks. Oh, they play two different positions for me. So I, I'm going to go with uh, Wicks. I think Wicks is an underrated receiver. I like Wicks more as an X. I can think. I think Mingo can be either one of the three, X, Z, or slot. But I like okay. Wicks. I think Wicks is a vertical threat, can get down the field. Mingo is, is, is you know, of that Debo Samuel mold in terms of, like, a bully after the catch. So either one yeah. wouldn't be a problem, but I, I would lean more toward Wicks. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, at DT, uh, Jervon Dexter or Keanu Benton? Keanu Benton is my number one nose tackle, so I'm rolling with Benton. You know, I, I watch yeah. him dominate on film. You know, at Wisconsin, you get down to the Senior Bowl, he's dominating down there. Um, he would be someone that I would take right away because he could be a one-gap penetrator just based off how he gets off the football and it stays active during the rep. Okay. Uh, we're going to go back to safety. We are already asked one safety question, but uh, between uh, Jordan Battle and JL Skinner, who would your choice be? Probably Battle. You know, you know, Skinner is a Skinner. I think is you like the frame and the idea of Skinner, but I would say Battle to me would be someone that, that plays a little bit faster than than Skinner. Okay, and running back, Kenny McIntosh or Israel Abanaconda. And I hope I said his name right. Yeah, Banakanda is 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 who I'm going with. Uh, much more explosive, much more uh, ability to hit the home run. He's like an explosive version of Melvin Gordon, you know. So mm-hmm. I feel like that's the one that I would then lean on more. Okay, if if you're the Browns, um, Kenny McIntosh is a great receiver, correct? Mm-hmm. Um. And you're trying to fill out your backfield. Would you would you be looking more at a receiving back, or would you just be looking at the best all around back? Look at the best all around back because you don't want someone to be you know uh, scheme or not scheme, but 
skill specific. Oh, they're bringing him in. They might throw the football. You want someone that, that can give you that threat of, hey, they may hand it to him and he has a chance to go, or they may throw it to him and he has a chance to go. So I just say take the best overall player, you know? Yeah, that makes a, that makes a ton of sense. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, the Browns have – they still have eight picks, Emory. Um, two-thirds, two-fourths, two-fifths, a sixth, and a seventh. Um, how, how do you feel about that in this draft class? I mean, the Browns rosters, they've got a lot of talent on this roster already. Um, I have a hard time seeing them coming close to making all those picks. But, you know, I don't know this draft class like you do. Um, is this a good year to be in those middle rounds? Very good because it's a deep class. You're getting the older group, you know, because of the COVID year. So you're getting experience, a lot of experience, but you touched on it. When you look at the Browns too deep, they're they're talented. So, and when they have a lot of picks, you may see a situation where the Browns, hey, we don't need all these picks because we don't have all these spots. So how about we just package a few and target a few specific guys and go get those three players that we know are four players that we know can make our team as opposed to just picking up eight and because it is a deep class, but it's a good problem to have when you have such a deep, talented roster. As Browns fans, we love it when they package picks together and move up. <laughs> There's <laughs> nothing more exciting. So, so Emery, where are you going to be on, on uh, I'd say draft day, but th- um, throughout the draft process, are you going to be broadcasting on CBS Sports HQ? Yep, you could find me day three on CBS Sports HQ, Mr. Day Three, all throughout the day talking about day three, my best fits, taking a look at who's been selected, um, giving my thoughts on day two, day one, but also really breaking down and analyzing day three. So follow me all across CBS Sports HQ. I may jump in from time to time on day one and day two, but definitely day three, I'll be all all across your, your, your TV sets. Excellent. And everybody can, everybody needs to, to go and get the draft guide um, because there, you you have so many players in there. And I know you said it's over a thousand, but it's, <laughs> you pull up any position and the list just keeps going and going. And it's like, you're going to find the guy you want to find there and it's in-depth analysis and it's just, it's just great stuff. So, so go to footballgameplan.com. Um, and you said uh, backslash 2023. Is that right? Yeah. Footballgameplan.com, you know, backslash 2023. Okay, and get that 20, uh, get that uh, 2023 draft guide, and um, man, it'll it'll just it'll get you set. And then, of course, follow you on Twitter at fballgameplan. And Emery, I know you're excited about this time of year. Oh, absolutely! This is a, a really good time because of you know you get to see how things play out in the team building process. And and I love the fact to see these guys get to reach their, their, you know, realize that dream. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we, we appreciate you giving us some time and, um, and enjoy the draft. And we look forward to, we look forward to catching up with you again. Thanks again. I appreciate you guys having me on. Absolutely. Okay, Jeff, you had, you had a chance to, to listen to Emery's thoughts. Yeah. Um, wanted to get some of your thoughts on, on what Emery had to say. Not that you're going to second guess him or anything, but no, um, I know you, <laughs> I know you're curious to hear his answer. So, so yeah. I, I want to hear what you thought. So, 
Yeah. Um, I mean, it's always interesting to get different people's takes on the draft. I mean, there's there's a lot of different opinions and and, um, you know, you don't really get the same from any two people. You know, Um, Emery brings a little bit different perspective, I think, because he just he watches so much college football, you know. Um, Mm -hmm. So I really respect the time that he invests in, you know, coming up with his um, draft guide and and all the, you know, uh, effort that goes into that. Um, I certainly don't watch that much college football. I I watch a little bit of college football and, you know, this time of year, I start really diving into, you know, players that I think we would be most likely to be interested in as an organization. You know, I don't, I don't really care who the Rams or the, you know, dolphins are going to draft. I mean, that's, that has nothing Mm -hmm. to do with me. Right. So, um, yeah. So, so, you know, I think, you know, the way, the way that you asked Emery about, you know, that sort of the middle part of the draft was interesting um, because he does go so deep, you know, ranking a thousand plus players, um, just shows you that there's there's always opportunity in the draft. You know, I mean, yeah. it's 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 a crapshoot from top to bottom, as we've said many times. But there's always opportunity. You know, you could you could come up with that MJ Emerson pick. You know, at, at any level, and it's always a pleasant surprise when it works out well. You know, um, because the rest of the time it <laughs> typically doesn't work out so well. You know, and. and most of the, the, the draft, so-called draft experts, um, get it wrong more than they get it right. Um, so true. True. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, some of the players that, that we asked him about specifically, um, you know, obviously some, some guys that I've mentioned in the past, um, some guys that I think would, would really fit well in our organization with the needs that we currently have. Um, you know, I thought the the um, the uh, wide receiver pick of Dontavian Wicks was interesting because I think I told you that you know he's sort of the guy that I've been keying in on this year, um, and I would really love to see him land in our organization as that sixth guy that we're developing, um, and for Emory to be high on him as well, um, that kind of reinforced my my thoughts on the guy. Um, that, that well, he said he good. saw a little, uh, a little of the uh, Debo Sam- Samuel in him, right? I think uh, if I'm thinking back, correct as far as that ability to 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 kind of bust through yeah, and he, keep the play going. Yeah, I mean, um, he he said that um, he said that Mingo had more more of that sort of you know uh, yards after catch it kind of ability a um, little bit bigger guy um, more physical at the you know at the catch point uh, but oh, okay. Wicks was more of that 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 play breaking kind of guy you know the top end kind of guy um, yeah. and, and it's weird because he hasn't tested well as we've mentioned you know he hasn't he's not really a track guy you know he's kind of like a Nick Chubb that um, he's his speed is on the field you know and if you watch some tape of him um, you see things that that you wouldn't expect based on his combine numbers, you know? So I think those are the kinds of, of, um, picks that, that we're going to have to be making this year with, you know, nothing before pick number 74, 
you know, we, we've got to yeah. look for guys with a lot of plus side that um, we can hopefully develop into, you know, a contributing player. So that's but, a that's a lot of mining to do, you know, yeah. <laughs> down at the bottom of the draft. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. So let me ask you this, Jeff. I asked Emery about about running back, mm-hmm. and you know that um, Kenny McIntosh being a receiving back, and you know, and, right. Right. and thinking that the Browns really need a receiving back, and you know, and he his answer was that um, that you take the best player, right. overall player. Yeah. Do you do you feel that that translates at the wide receiver position too yeah for sure i mean and that's always i think that's that's been an answer that we've consistently gotten from memory over the years is that you know no matter where you're picking take the best possible athlete and i think Mm -hmm. that's that's really good advice and and i think something that andrew berry tends to do you know that that um he's going to take if if there's a if there's a, a wide receiver that is, you know, his 10th guy uh, or there's a defensive back that's his uh, fourth or fifth guy, he's obviously going to take the better guy, not the position of need or what we think, tend to think might be the need, right? So, um, yeah, within reason, yeah. I mean, unless he's right. already picked two defensive backs, but yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> right, yeah. So, so, yeah, he's not going to fall in love with, you know, trying to fill a position. Uh, at the expense of potentially a better player uh, at a, at another position, whether it's a need or not, you know. Um, so, yeah, I agree with Emery on that standpoint um, that you take the best back. Um, I'm just thinking about what our roster needs are, and what we don't have at the running back position is. And again, no, nothing against Nick Chubb. I mean, he he's shown that he can catch the ball in the backfield, but his role to this point has not been that of a third down back. You know, he's he's been right. a first and second down back primarily. You know, so um, we really don't know what the offense is going to look like. What you know, what kind of uh, plays are going to be designed around the third down back? But we see it as a a gap in the roster. And I was really hoping that Emory would give us, you know, okay, this guy would be a great third down back. This guy would, you know, would evolve into, you know, a really solid third down 
prototype third down back, you know. Um, he he uh, gave you one guy. He, right. he did name one player for you. Yeah. Um, so so Deuce Vaughn um, is the – I don't know how to describe Deuce Vaughn. I think he's he's like the – the, the smaller, more compact version of Kareem Hunt, right? That um, is going to going to give you that that shiftiness and and you know difficulty in, in, in catching well, him and type well, of things. He so, compared him to Darren Sproles, I believe. Right, right, yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't know. That's I don't know. If that's that's the. I, mean, I don't know a lot about Deuce Vaughn. But um, I'm just not sure that that's the role that we're looking for um, to replace what Kareem Hunt did for us the last couple seasons. So it'll be interesting to see where we, you know, which direction Andrew Berry goes on running back because I'm sure he's going to take one in the draft somewhere. Um, and will it be? I would think so. Yeah. Will it? Will it be? You know, somebody that he views as a third down back or receiving back. Um, you know, will it be a multi-purpose player like Dimitri Felton? Um, you know, will it be another Jerome Ford type back? You know, um, I guess if the best guy that's left on the board when he's ready to take a running back is a carbon copy of Nick Chubb, he's probably going to take him. He's going right? to take him. Yeah. <laughs> so He's going to yeah. take him. Yeah. So if, if, but, if Nick Chubb's little brother's on the board out there, I'm, I'm, I'm picking him. You know, right. I mean, and he's yeah. a clone of Nick Chubb. Yeah, I'm yeah. talking. Him. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> but the fun part about draft season and 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 you know all these prognostications is is you know how can we get the perfect player for us? You know, yeah, um, yeah. it's not just about okay, well, you know, we're with pick number seventy four. There's the forty fifth rated player on the board, or the you know sixty eighth rated player on on the board. So let's take the forty fifth guy. Okay, and even if he's a punter, we don't care. <laughs> okay, right. you know that, that kind of sucks all the fun out of the draft. You know, then you're just sort of mechanically picking based on your on your uh, scouting and and where you have guys rated. You know, um, the fun part is is let's let's find a guy that you know will will be a game changer for us. You know, um, at whatever position. I think Andrew Barry's. I think that's especially right now with where this team is talent-wise. I think that's how he's going to look at this draft again. I, w- I would be shocked if he did not. So I, th- so, yeah. I kind of think he has to. Yeah. Yeah. That, you know, he's 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 always said that he views the draft as um, over the next several years. You know, how will it how will it shape the roster over the next several years? You know, not necessarily right. needs this year. Right. So, yeah. um, you know, we have to be thinking about what's our running back room going to look like over the next two or three years. You know, and I, th- I think we're we're a little bit thin at, at, at receiving type back third down type backs, you know, so we need to put some in the pipeline for the next few years. You know, um, we've got a lot of receivers on the roster. I don't know that we have a guy who is going to be that prototype X receiver. Um, Dontavian Wicks can be that guy. So mm. I want to put him on the roster because I think he can probably jump, you know, probably 
eight of those 14 guys <laughs> and and make the team, you know, versus just drafting another guy who's kind of in the same mold of the rest of the guys that we have on the roster, you know, that are sort of projects, right? Yeah. Well, let's be realistic here. If if Andrew Barry uses a draft choice on a wide receiver, especially if it's in, in round three, four, or five, the guy's making a team. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. I don't think there's any question about right. that. So, um, yeah. I, I was going to go back to, to cornerback, Jeff, because Emery really reinforced what you've been saying. He talked about how many guys that I think he's – I think his words were the, that there's about 32 guys he sees as second rounders. <laughs> right. um, that was so, interesting. <laughs> so what you were saying that that the Browns could best guy on their board almost every round could literally be a cornerback for the first how many five or six picks. Yeah, um, yeah, it, it could be possible. <clears throat> Not um, necessarily I, a, a, a a high you know level uh, first round. Um, talent wise, you know, um, mm-hmm. uh, not loaded in the first, you know, 20 picks. Like we've seen some drafts, with, yeah. you know, really coveted, you know, shut down cornerbacks. Um, but yeah, just, just the depth, um, the speed at the position, um, you know, the ability for, for a lot of cornerbacks in this draft to make teams. And there are, let's face it, there are already a lot of, good, you know, great quality cornerbacks in the NFL and a lot of, you know, high quality receivers in the NFL because so many college programs are throwing a lot, you know, that, that they've developed a lot of those kind of guys over the last several years. Yeah. And, and it's where um, games are won and lost, right? Right. Exactly. I mean, if it's so, not the quarterback, it's the receiver and the DB determining a lot of, uh, a lot of games. Yeah, so there, there's going to be a lot of competition at cornerback for really every team in the NFL, I think, after this draft concludes, based on how many guys, the volume of guys that are going to come out of this draft. Um, and it, it could really impact, I think, the market for cornerbacks. That's something we haven't really talked about, but you think you know how coveted those guys are and, and how highly paid they are. Um, what if all of a sudden there's a glut of those guys on the market, you know, and, and they're some of them really good ones are looking for jobs. Yeah. I mean, that, that's kind of what I've expected with wide receivers, you know, yeah, with so many good wide receiver classes, you know, mm-hmm. coming in, but wide receivers are still getting money. So they are, um, but you know what guys aren't getting huge deals. Well, that's true. That's true. So yeah. it's interesting. Um, your thoughts and, and how much do you know about the, the, uh, the quarterback from Louisville that Emory Cunningham? Yeah, not a lot, not a lot. I mean, he's a smaller guy. Um, and I know that doesn't really necessarily factor into success in the NFL. There's been plenty of smaller guys, but, um, in terms of, you know, how we phrase the question, you know, who replicates, Deshaun Watson's skill set. Um, I guess I was maybe looking for somebody a little bit more um, dual threat, you know, um, a little more um, able to 
pick up the tough yard by running the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not. I, I again, I don't know enough about Malik Cunningham to to definitively say whether or not he can do that. But um, I'm okay with with picking a backup quarterback that we can groom. Um, you know, whatever guy the Browns like. Um, I think it's it's a good time now with all these later picks to bring a guy in and at least see if he can beat out the two guys we have um, and and show some potential because having that backup quarterback under a rookie contract for the next several years is certainly a much more cost-effective way of managing that position than going out and finding free agent backups. So definitely. Yeah. This this is the this is a perfect time to to take a shot at somebody like that. And there's you know there's several others that you know the, the Browns have, have spoken with Dorian Thompson Robinson um you know Jake Hayner's out there Clayton Toons I, I for me Clayton Toon was is the guy that I would taking a shot at but um it just kind of depends on where these guys fall you know i think mm-hmm. malik cunningham's going to be a pretty late pick so mm-hmm. wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me you know if if that was the way they went i i have to say that when emory and i started talking qb i was i was kind of surprised that um I think I think he I think he likes Kellen Mond and I didn't get a chance to ask him mm, about yeah. Kellen Mond. Um, yeah. So I, I I should have followed up with that question, but um, he must see in Kellen Mond what the Browns see in Kellen Mond. Um, I would, yeah, I, I think you're right. Um, it'd be interesting to go back and look at Emory's draft guide. Um, what was that two years ago that Kellen Mond came out? Um, probably two or three yeah 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 i don't remember how long he was with the vikings but um yeah just to see where where emory had him rated in that class um Mm -hmm. i I definitely heard that same thing that he was he was pretty high on him um as a prospect so who knows maybe the browns do see more than anybody else and, and, you know, drafting a quarterback, just they don't think it's necessary. Well, I, that, that's one thing we'll definitely learn in, right. you know, in the draft. Yeah. Is, is uh, you know, how secure they feel in that position. And mm-hmm. are they even interested in bringing in competition with, yeah. with those picks? Because, like you're saying, I mean, <clears throat> somebody's going to be there, somebody of interest. A QB you would think would be there in those latter rounds, right? That could, yeah, with that all could these be somebody late picks we have. Yeah, I yeah. think you know, um, fifth, sixth, seventh round. Um, you know, you're again, you're not drafting a guy to develop into a starter. You're drafting right. a guy like uh, like Hunley in Baltimore to be a a ready step in type of backup guy who can execute the same system. Yeah, so so taking him in the latter rounds, paying <laughs> giving him a, a lesser contract is pretty smart, right? Yeah, you would I mean you would think that would make sense. Yeah, so 
So what did you learn from Emery about the safety position? He, he only talked about a couple guys, but um, anything, yeah, anything there? Yeah, I really don't. I don't know anything about the two guys that he mentioned as his his day three guys. Um, I'm gonna have to go do some research on them. Okay. Um, but you know him him saying uh, Jordan Battle uh, over JL Skinner. Um, I've seen those guys flip flopped uh, um, different places. Um, so I thought that was kind of an interesting question to see, you know, what his take on that was. Um, Jordan Battle, obviously, I think Skinner had the the injury, so he's probably red shirting for a year. Um, okay. But um, you know, so so Jordan Battle is kind of the the ready, you know, ready to play guy. Um, but um, yeah, I, I don't. Browns need a safety. We need a third safety, and and if we can't find one in the draft, we're probably going to have to go back into the, the free agent pool and settle for somebody. Um, I think that's a pretty important position in our in our def- in our defense. I mean, uh, I mean, Joe Hayden's available. You bring him back as a free safety, probably. It's already under contract, isn't he? Joe Hayden. <laughs> He's retired, but yeah. <laughs> we yeah. signed him for a day, right? We signed him. Well, yeah, he's under contract with the Browns, right? Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure they have. Uh, I'm sure they have a nice list of safeties, um, guys yeah. that they would love to have on the team. Yeah. So, so that's yeah, that's one position uh, for sure is going to be fun to watch. See what happens. So. You have to also, like I mentioned last week, you have to sort of look toward next year's draft, right? Where they have two fifths, a sixth, and two sevenths. And how are they going to juggle all the late picks this year and all the late picks next year to get to a slot where they want to be to take the player that they want? Because, yeah, how many seventh rounders do you need on a team that you're trying to compete with? Yeah, you don't. Like Emery was saying, you, you, you know, at some point, you have to think that you're better to take guys who are more likely to make our roster. And we've got such a deep roster already, yeah. you know, than, than just yeah. taking a flyer on a bunch of, you know, late round picks. Right? Bring them so, all into camp. See if anybody sticks. <clears throat> right. I, I right. can't see that. So, yeah. 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 Well, we, we have a little bit of Brown's news, not much, so we won't belabor a lot of this stuff, but, um, Miles Garrett says he has retired from playing Pro Bowl games. That that's probably a good thing. <laughs> we don't need injuries, and you know, does he dislocated his toe walk running off the field or something? Right? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I will admit, I you know, I always kind of think about watching the Pro Bowl, and then I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm I'm doing something else that day. So yeah, it's just. The, the skills competitions are more interesting than the actual game because yeah, you know thought, guys aren't really trying or doing much. Right. I thought the way they did the Pro Bowl this year with the flag football was was a little bit more fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, they're, they're trying to make it interesting for the fans, but ultimately it's, it's about just recognition for the players. You know, yeah. it's, 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 make it's, sure nobody gets hurt. It's kind of a popularity contest, but at the same point, it's guys who've who've played extremely well and deserve that recognition. So let's yeah. give them the recognition. And you know what? If they want to go out there and entertain us somehow, that's a bonus, right? Yeah, I agree. 
I agree. Uh, Deshaun Watson says fans should be excited about the Browns' offense. Jeff, mm-hmm. is this a sign that Deshaun Watson has has some confidence in himself this year? Well, let's hope so. Um, <laughs> he's got to, right? I mean, he's he's, yeah, he's he got to come at it with with that kind of attitude. Um, that you know, we're gonna we're gonna light it up. We've got we've got some tools now. Uh, we've got some weapons in place, and there's no reason that that this offense can't ultimately be a high power offense. Um, it's just, there's just so many pieces that need to fit together. So, you know what, if you're confident that it's, you're going to make it work, hopefully that improves your chances of doing that, you know? So I'm, I'm glad to hear it. Um, because it really is all riding on him. It's, it's how well can he bounce back? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we want we want to see him out there doing well. So, because um, because yeah. that's that's how the Browns that's how the Browns win. That's how they do well. So yeah, I don't so, want to think about the alternative. No, no, no. I mean, uh, you know, we have a back we have a backup quarterback that you know that's going to be very popular, but mm. we don't really want to see him play. No, no, you know, only in preseason. So, so that's how it does. So the Browns, uh, the Browns re-signed Michael Dunn, Mm -hmm. uh, Thomas Graham, Ben Still. Mm -hmm. So I know half the people listening don't know who Ben Still is, but uh, (laughs) (laughs) not that I know a lot. I wouldn't recognize him on the street, but I know who he is. No. Um, uh, But yeah. Another another guy in that D-tackle pool of question marks in my mind um you know we're going to need some guys on the practice squad and and some depth pieces but um there still is a pretty glaring hole right there yeah it, it would really be nice to see i don't know i mean a couple of these guys really step up um they need they need somebody to surprise they or they need to sign another free agent or they need to you know, yeah. um, it's really hard to count on the Browns bringing somebody in through by via draft that's going to yes. make that difference. Yes. Even so. if they go that route with the 74th pick, um, odds are the guy is not going to be any more of a factor than Perrin Winfrey was last year. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Uh, Browns uh, did some number juggling. I got to tell you, most of these guys, nobody even is even going to know what their number was. But um, mm-hmm. Alex Wright get, uh, apparently sold his number to Dalvin Tomlinson for an undisclosed amount. So he's going to <laughs> uh, gave Dalvin Tomlinson 94. He's going to wear 99. Okay. Um, Kellen Mond's going from number eight to number seven. If anybody knew what his number was, I'd be surprised. Um, Marquez Stevenson. Yeah, who he he was he, he's one of those uh, latter tier wide receivers. He's going from fifteen uh, to eighty. Number fourteen in your program. Yeah, and Isaiah, number eighty in New Jersey. Isaiah Weston, who I don't think he played at all last year. He's going from seventeen to eighty one. Huh. So, ta da! All the rest of the guys are uh, 
keeping their numbers apparently. So, Slow news week. So far. Yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> We're talking that's about it. Jersey numbers. I, yeah, I started writing these down. I'm like, man, these are there is nothing exciting here other than the the right. Dalvin Tomlinson's taken you know number 94. So yeah, yeah. Jeez. But anyway, that, that that's about it. Yeah, that's about all we got. So well, yeah. There's there's an awful lot going on behind the scenes with with draft prep. Um, I'm sure that the the scouting people have been just crazy busy for the last three four months. Um, oh yeah, they're preparing. Burning that oil. Yeah. You know, yeah, preparing for the draft. Um, you know, building out the boards and uh, running scenarios and everything. Um, you know, what can we come out of the other side of this draft with? Um, so, you know. Until that happens, until we until we get to the other side of the draft, um, I don't think they can make a whole lot more decisions about the roster. No, I wouldn't think so. I wouldn't think so. Um, yeah, the only other stuff is the stadium stuff, I and mean, we've talked enough about that already. So, yeah, we're not going to bore anybody with stadium yeah, just talk. Build the, build the damn dome, get it over with. Just build it. If you build it, they will come. <laughs> right. Yeah. All right, Jeff. Any closing thoughts? Um, we have we have another show before the uh, before the draft, right? So, so yeah. yeah so yeah, so we, we can we'll, we'll let you throw out predictions on that one. Yeah, we can we can get into who I think the Browns will actually take in that draft, um, or in that show on in the draft. Um, but yeah, no. For tonight, um, just thanks to Emery for giving us his. Um, expert input once again and um you know we'll, we'll look forward to seeing how accurate some of these thoughts are a couple of weeks absolutely yeah um i would encourage everybody to check out his draft guide i don't get a penny for it but um that's yeah. that's comprehensive to say the least so if yeah. you're looking for you know to have something in front of you to where you want information on guys that you've never heard of and you can't find anything <laughs> on the internet about them right um yeah it's going to be an emory's draft guide so check it out it's very it's a very reasonable price um and uh yeah i, I would i would definitely check it out guys so uh, we thank you all for listening this has been the browns blitz and we will catch you next time yeah.